Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. What is up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Friday edition of the Rebel Report podcast. Um, postseason baseball is here. You may be listening to this as postseason baseball is going on. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but it is Friday. Ole Miss plays Jacksonville State in the NCAA tournament opening round, I guess you would call it. They're the obviously top seed at a host. The 2-3 game is going on earlier, or I say earlier today, before the Ole Miss game. Uh, what a time is that? Uh, 3 o'clock. Okay, 3 o'clock. Um, so a lot of that going on. Um, we've got mostly baseball today. We've got some mailbag questions that you people asked. We um, yeah, we, we do have plenty of those. We have um, some basketball housekeeping notes, some football game times were announced. Um, that's about Let's it. Do that first. What? Let's do that first. Let's do the uh, basketball and football real quick since it's not a – since it's not that pressing. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I think that's pretty much it. we got some NBA Finals. We're recording this on Thursday before the yep. game, so I guess I'll try to predict it. Um, <laughs> I don't really know on that one. Um, Do you know what the line is tonight? Uh, Toronto minus one and a half. Yeah, that was surprising to me when I looked. I don't know, man. They got a chance to. Kawhi's a problem. And if you don't have Kevin Durant to guard him. That's um, true. And they don't really have that, like, Direct, like Kawhi's often bothered by smaller defenders too, and they don't really have that smaller guy that can be physical with him. So he's going to be an issue. I don't think they have a secondary score that can really kind of keep them afloat. But I think that's this is going to be a hard six seven games, particularly yeah. if Durant doesn't play. Because if Thompson locks up Lowry, that's who I assume he's going to guard. I don't really know what they're going to do. Yeah, you could probably see Thompson on uh, on Kawhi too, because I'm not really sure that you can put Andre Iguodala on Kawhi Leonard. That's just not going to work. You'll see some Draymond. They'll run three or four guys at him. Should be an interesting series. I kind of hope Toronto wins, uh, just because like I kind of want to see something different. But uh, this Warriors bunch is way more fun to watch without Durant. It would honestly be hilarious if the Warriors swept and they went nine and zero without Durant, and then Durant spent the entire summer on Twitter. Uh, that that would be the most well, hilarious outcome. Or is it on Twitter? Uh, it's probably a little bit of both. He would probably tweet something on his Twitter and then back it up with his own anonymous stuff. <laughs> um, so should be good okay. stuff. So I guess I like Kevin Durant too. Like I think he's the second best player in the world, but that team doesn't need him. Like the, like this is one hundred percent evident of him just taking the uh, like they say the coward's way out. Like I get it to for what he was doing to kind of like find basketball yeah. happiness. Or what, whatever you want to call it, but like it's 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 it it just it created a competitive imbalance, and it's annoying for fans, and fans deserve to be able to kind of crap on him. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Uh, Brian Tyree and Devontae Shuler are back. Yeah, so they announced the deadline. I guess was technically last night to announce whether you were going to stay in the NBA draft or come back. To no one's surprise at all. Devontae Shuler and Brian Tyree are both back for their senior year for Tyree, junior year for Shuler. That's a big boost to Ole Miss's backcourt. I don't even know if you really call it a boost just because they weren't going anywhere, but it was smart of them to get feedback and see what's up. So, yeah, I mean, it's news, I guess, but, like, I th- this was... This was Nobody this, expected differently. Yeah, I mean, the sun came up today, too. <laughs> oh, uh, football game times was 11 a.m. in Memphis? Yeah, so the what the first three first three football game times were released um, on Thursday. So you've got 11 a.m. in the Liberty Bowl, um, which people apparently are very upset about. Um, you have a six o'clock game, I think, against Arkansas, six or six thirty, and then a three yeah. o'clock game oh. against Selaw. Um, yeah, I mean, if you'd have told me in 2013 when I was what 18 years old, you're like, hey, Ole Miss is going to play at Memphis in 2019, I would just assumed it was at 11 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, that's just kind of what they do. I don't. They have not played a night game at the at the Liberty Bowl since I've been following. I can't recall one. The Memphis Express. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about Ole Miss has not played a night game at the Liberty Bowl, and they played there pretty regularly. Uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know what Ole Miss gets out of that series. I know there's been some basketball deals and such in the past, but like, Memphis... they get basketball out of it, and Memphis is about to take off there, so I guess it's worth it. But man, and Memphis is going to be favored in this game. Yeah, more than likely. I read something that Memphis is supposed to be favored in every game this season. Yeah, I would. Uh, 
that's going to be interesting because you're going to be on the fast track to two and ten if you lose that. Well, you got to win one of the first two, or it's going to be bad. Uh, yeah, you do. Um, so <laughs> southeastern Louisiana announced for three, Arkansas announced for six. I, I, I don't like night games, but my, my, my input doesn't really matter. Well, I'm, a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna press one here. It's gonna be miserably hot if during the, uh, during the Arkansas game, if that's at like two thirty. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with a night game there. I sit inside, uh, Chief. Yeah, that's. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Don't you have to go outside at the end, though? I do. Um, well, I, get t- I technically don't have to. Like, I have to walk technically outside to get to the press conference room, <laughs> but like, I don't necessarily have to go stand on the field. Anyway, my uh, my input doesn't matter. I was somewhat joking, but yeah, people get upset about game times. I, I who cares? Like, <laughs> spoiler alert: Ole Miss Alabama is probably going to be at eight o'clock again in Bryant Denny, as is tradition. Oh Wear black because it's going to be a funeral. <laughs> Yeah, so you got that going on. That's uh, that's really it on the football basketball front. Um, let's see. I will pull up. I've I, got some questions pulled up. So do uh, I. You just want to go through them now? Yeah, let's. Uh, we'll hit some. Ooh, here's a good first one. To uh, do year-round baseball leagues tra- slash travel teams growing up help or hurt pitchers' arms? I'm uh, kind of passionate about that one. But I, I don't, don't know. know. Steroids do. Steroids do. Yes, they hurt pitchers' arms. You shouldn't throw all year. That's stupid. Baseball is not meant to play all year. Uh, yeah, particularly right. when you're like seven. Like, shouldn't you throw the kid in the sandbox for a while? Like, he probably shouldn't be playing a hundred games a season. I don't know. Let him go play some basketball, some golf. I don't know. Literally anything else. Or eat Play-Doh or whatever it is kids do. Like kids playing. No, kids playing. Like you ate some Play-Doh. Yeah, kid, kids playing. Kids playing uh, baseball year-round. Like. It just just seems like a lot. I got umpired youth baseball, and like the kid, you could tell the kids that played on travel ball and stuff and played year round because you know the dad's giving you the what for over you know a tag call at second base. And you're like, man, it's like this is coach pitch. Like, settle down, chief. <laughs> uh, which Oxford regional hot dog sandwich is the best? I have not looked at these yet. I've so, seen a big deal made about them. But who I'll are look- these from? We'll give the whoever asked the question. Oh, some- uh, Sir, Sir Rawls. Okay, from the uh, millions of people who listen to this podcast. Uh, millions, correct. Which, so, here, I'll, so Sir Riley says what? which Oxford Regional hot dog sandwich is the best. Is that supposed to bait me? I don't care whether people call a hot dog a sandwich. I, I think that's, like, the most cliched internet thing of all time. Just eat the <laughs> damn hot dog who gives a shit whether it's a sandwich or not. Like, I don't, I don't. It's not a sandwich. But anyways, go ahead. Well, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not engaging in this. Uh... I haven't seen all the ones. I, like, I saw people, like I saw Ole Miss made a hot dog for each team. I've not seen all of Like Here, I'll pull it up right now. This is bad podcasting. Don't really care. Um, I kind of am interested to see. Okay, so you've got the Pimento, Pim, Pigmento dog, dog that's Ole Miss's footlong hot dog with jalapenos, pimento cheese, and bacon. Uh, that's an early leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, that's that's going to be mine. Totally don't let's get beat. The Esso Bird Dog Dog is Clemson's foot-long hot dog served with diced fried chicken tender, bacon, cheddar cheese, honey mustard, and dressing. Oh, okay. Never oh, no, mind. That one, that one trumps that. Good God, all four of these. Uh, Jacksonville State foot-long hot dog talked with pulled pork jalapenos and Alabama barbecue sauce, which looks like white barbecue sauce. No, I'll pass on that one. I'm not a uh, white barbecue sauce fan. Oh, all three of these are amazing. Uh, Illinois is the Chicago foot-long hot dog with Chicago-style relish, tomato, pickle, pepper, and poppy seed bug. Get that shit out of here. I'll eat the first three. I'm not eating that one. I'm um, going Clemson 1, Ole Miss 2, Jacksonville State 3, uh, Illinois 4. Man, I think I'm going to go Clemson one, and then can I go like a tie for a second? I like both the Ole Miss and the Jacksonville State. Uh, Chicago, the, the Illinois dog is fifth out of four. I, I, I'm i not touching that. Um, no go on that one. Yeah, that that's not really my cup of tea. Um, so, All right, here we go. Uh, you get one player uh, at Peyton Box. You get one player from the 2014 College World Series team to add to this year's team. Who and why? I'll let you go first because I have a weird opinion. Um. Oh God. Um. I mean, is it like they? They are, like they feel like this team is missing middle of the order production. Can I go Will Allen if he doesn't have to catch? That's what I was. I was going Spike Service. 
Okay, that's fair too. Like, if, if it's not positionless, like if I don't have to replace Will Allen with Cooper Johnson per se, then I'm yeah, going. DH. I need some kind of middle of the order production right now because your 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 guy that's supposed to be driving and runs is now a leadoff hitter, and you're not getting much production. Like the team's not hitting. I mean, really. Yeah, so if I can play Will Allen or Sykes at fourth, first base, move Dabowski back to DH, I don't know. I'll figure out something with Kevin Graham. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those two, I think, right? Yeah, but let's break this into a two-parter. Like, we'll we'll designate position player and arm. Like, what arm are you taking? Christian Trent. Um, yeah, I, okay, that, that's, yeah, I'll take that. Well, and I'll present one more, but I don't want 2014 him. If I could get 2016 J.B. Woodman, who was on the 2014 team. Yeah, I see, would- I thought about that because you can use his outfield prowess, too. Because uh, I was going to say Bossfield or Bousefield, whatever one he decided he wanted to be called. <laughs> but, like, the offensive production is probably not quite there. What about Braxton Lee? Uh, but is that going to really help your offense, though? Yeah, that's true. It's, it's probably Woodman or Bousefield is not. It's probably Woodman. Yeah, I think I think I'd go Woodman. So what arm though? So you you said Trent. Trent. The yeah. bullpen doesn't need help. I mean, if, if I get Trent, I'm moving Etheridge or Hoagland to the bullpen, so they get help. Um, can I interest you in a Josh Laxer? No, you can't. Yeah, probably not either. Uh, <laughs> good dude. Though. Um, yeah, I like Josh. Uh, at James Lotch, this is a yes. Should uh, powder blues be the only uniform used for the remainder of the season? Uh, yeah, uniforms don't matter. I don't care. Uh, sure. I, mean, if, I, I do think if you think you're winning because of uniform, that you should probably keep. You should probably keep wearing them. I kind of like uh, the ultimate troll job. Come out in gray tomorrow, please God. That would be hilarious. Yeah, they would make it onto the field. I think uh, that would be hilarious. Um, all right. But what? Uh, so wait, wait a minute. Now this is a good time to bring up my gripe. The best uniform, two uniforms they have, they now squashed. Which is the old gray, which I heard were too heavy, which is fine. Like if if it's affecting the way you feel slash play, whatever. But the white ones don't exist. Why? Why is that a thing? Rip. Yeah. Why is that a thing? Oh, uh, I have no clue why the uh, whites don't exist, but they uh, they don't exist. So they they were they were their best uniforms. Yeah, the non pinstripe rights with the wet re, the blue Ole Miss hat with the red build that 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 seems silly. Anyway, um, yeah, I I you know I'm not a uniform guy. I'm half colorblind. I don't care. I think the yeah, uh, powder blues give me a headache because they're too much color. But I will survive anyway. Um, so <laughs> next question Sorry, appears uh, to be from Lee Masterson. Who the hell do I cheer for in the first game tomorrow? I've literally changed my mind no less than ten times. Obviously, assuming the Rebels are in the winner's bracket. Um, I guess if you're an Ole Miss fan, you probably root for... I don't know, man. That kid from Illinois is about as junky junk as they come. He changed arm slots. He throws 84 to 86. I'm probably rooting for the kid from, to face the kid from Clemson. Yeah, but the Clemson kid doesn't throw that much harder. I mean, I watched him against Louisville, who is 85 to 87. It's the same thing, really. He's not it? trying to deceive you with arm slots, though. No, I mean, I guess that's fair. I, I mean, I don't know. Ole Miss is going to have to beat their kryptonite one way or the other. That's uh, true. I don't really think Illinois can hit like Clemson. I guess that would be what I base my answer on. It doesn't matter. Ole Miss is going to have to beat a left-hander on Saturday against a team they're probably better than. So just pick your pick your poison. Alex, Whoever burns the most bullpen arms, root for them. Yeah, that's obviously true. Probably if you're Ole Miss, root for the first game to go 14 innings. Uh, <laughs> Alex Watering, I probably butchered that. Sorry, not really. Um, cooking questions, huh? Did you say something about cooking questions? In yeah, this? I said if you had cooking questions, uh, ask it. Okay, there's a lot going on in this one. Uh, can your omelet become bowl eligible? No. Uh, depends on who it called on its university-issued cell phone. Um <laughs> Would your breakfast sandwich make a New Year's Six Bowl? Also no. Um, depends on its 2016 recruiting class. Um, That's where I stole the uh, first question. Oh, uh, do the travel? Yeah, we already covered the travel arms. So yeah, that a right. lot going on there. I, I, Alex may be hitting the devil's lettuce with all this food talk. Um, Alex, my boy. Anyways, uh, Dylan Hutton over under on bunts attempted and failed by Ole Miss this weekend. Fifteen. That's a fun question. 15. I'll set the over-under at 15. Wait, they're going to bunt 15 times this weekend? Yep. Okay, I'm not I'm not going to watch a game. They're going to bunt 15 times this weekend. You can go under. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under 15. Okay. 
Well, that's what I'm setting the over under at. So take your if ticket he goes to the over window. 15, I'm not going to have to answer for it because I'm going to jump off a cliff. Uh, Bobby, my old is anyone cheering for Tottenham this weekend? Do you, do you know who Tottenham plays? I don't know what that is. You don't know what Tottenham is? It's a it's a Premier League team. Oh, 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 soccer. No, I'm, this is not a soccer podcast. It, <laughs> yes, I'm cheering for uh, Tottenham after what Liverpool did to my uh, Barcelona. After what Liverpool did to Barcelona? Yeah, to hell with those Liverpool guys. Uh, uh, Jared Miller, question from Skippy. I don't really know what this means. Is this a com- is this a complete coincidence that the Rebels always do so well in Hoover in which are the most meaningless games they play of the season and then do so poorly in the postseason when it's crunch time, if not a coincidence, why is that? I think you're a bit of a prisoner for the moment because there's been plenty of years where they've sucked in Hoover and then yeah. like been okay in the postseason and vice versa. Um, so I don't think there's anything to that at all. Maybe there's a bit of a fatigue factor when you play six games in six days like they did. I don't necessarily think so, I, I, but there's probably some credence to that. But is overall, is those two correlating? No. Um, you know, their best team that finished third in the country went one and two in Hoover. So, yeah, I don't I don't think there's much of a correlation there. I also don't really think these games in, in Hoover are meaningless. I mean, Ole Miss got the number 12. Yeah, Ole Miss changed its season in Hoover. Yeah, like you're I, playing I, baseball in June because of Hoover. And, I mean, you're playing June baseball in Oxford because of Hoover. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't really know how you can label that uh, meaningless. You could call those the most important games of their season, honestly, with the way this season's yeah, turned out. They were, they were absolutely the most important games of their season. Yeah. Uh, predictions on regional and super regional. Also, who do y'all expect to stay another year? That's from Tyler Keith. I'll answer the last part first. I think Zabowski's back next year, and I think Roth is back next year. I'm trying to think of juniors. Miller Crazy. and uh, Myers. Crazy. Think Crazy's back? I think there's a good chance. It wouldn't shock me. And then Phillips. Okay, I, I think Phillips. I'm interested in him because, I mean, he's a left-hander that breathes and throws 91, so he could get picked up somewhere. Um, that's the one I'm interested in, I guess, the most. But I think Miller, Myers, Gracie, Roth, and Zabowski are back for sure as juniors. Uh, yeah, and the Zabowski thing could be a potentially big deal for this, like if you're early projecting next year, because the club next year, if you're really just going off paper, and this honestly is going to end up being rendered meaningless by trying to do this right now, but it looks on paper at least that they're going to pitch it okay. They're good. Those boys yeah. are going to need some offense. So, so the Zabowski thing could end up potentially being really big for that 2020 club. Uh, okay, predictions on regional and super regional. I don't want to predict super regional because I don't know who they're going to be playing. I think Ole Miss gets out of this weekend. Uh, I like Jacksonville State to head to Fayetteville. Shut up, Rip. Um, no, I think I think I think I think Ole Miss goes through. I, I really do. There's no 50 win Tennessee Tech club here. If Ole Miss plays well, if they play with the this is a weird question. I know, weird phrase. If they play with the edge they played with in Hoover, but also play with the relaxed nature that they played with at the same time, I think both of those things can be true at the same time. I think they'll get through, and I think they'll play in a super. So I think Ole Miss gets through in three games. Because um, God help them if there's another Monday winner-take-all game. Yeah, I'd rather not. Uh, good question here from uh, Luke Peoples. Do you believe Kevin Graham should be in the lineup regardless of lefty-righty matchup? I do not. I don't think Graham should play against left-handers. He's one for 18. He's got, I think, one walk against lefties. I think it's the real real thing. Um, and, you know, as much as crap as, as Cockrell and Elko have taken this year, and neither has performed well. I don't, want, I don't want it to be construed as if I'm saying they perform well. They've performed better against left-handers than Graham. I, I I would not start him against left-handed pitching, no. Uh, so I actually completely disagree with that because Kevin Graham has a heartbeat, and I watched him hit a baseball off the scoreboard, and uh, it went it's over high. the... It over went it went over the confines of the fence at which they play, which means he gets to touch all the bases. Something Tim Elko and Chase Cockrell have not done in the year 2019. All right, that's not true. Tim Elko hit a ball to Tennessee in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, you sure that wasn't Graham? I was in Kentucky. No. No, I was too. Tim Oko hit a home run in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. He wanted Tulane, too. Okay, that's fine. You get my point, though. Those guys have been absolutely positively atrocious, and Graham has produced. But Graham's been atrocious against left-handed pitching. So, I mean, it, you're telling me you think Tim Elko or Chase Cockrell gives you a better chance of succeeding against left-handers than Kevin yeah. Graham? 
Yes, I do. I mean, the, the, the sample numbers, size, though, but like you can't go like when you go eight, le- like lefty righty number size when there's like you know twenty at bats, like that's a pretty small sure. sample size. But one for eighteen is relevant. No, like I mean, one for eighteen is not five for eighteen. If there were four more hits, I would buy it. But the kids got. Do Cockrell like, and Elko have five hits this year? Yeah, they, they do. How many? No, I'm, I'm serious. How many? Oh, I guess Cockrell had three hits against Memphis on his birthday, as if that counts. But, like... I mean, we can disagree here, but I'm not playing the kid that's one for 18 against left-handed pitching. No, I'm not. I'm not playing the kid that they brought up to the plate the other night where the <laughs> everyone in the in the building goes, this kid's going to strike out on three pitches, and then guess what? He struck out on three pitches. I mean, I would play Elko, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, whatever. I wouldn't play Cockrell, but I would play Elko. I can't play either of those guys at this point. Like, I, I get where you're coming from with the lefty-righty thing and Graham being bad, but I just don't understand how you can look at those two and what they do at the plate and be like, that's who I'm putting know. in the lineup. Play Justin Bench. I'd do something, but I, one for 18, is, is re- it resonates to me. I'm pretty sure Justin Bench is one for 18 in his career, and I'm not being facetious. I'm pretty sure that's his exact number. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek there, but I, no, I wouldn't play Kevin Graham against left-handed pitching. Uh, I'm just saying yes because of who you have behind him. If there was another option, like... I mean, is Mike Fitzsimmons that bad of an option? Is LaPoster healthy? I mean, LaPoster's not... I mean, LaPoster's worse than Cockrell and Elko against left-handed pitching. He's making contact at a higher rate. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I mean, is contact good enough for him right now? He's got a stress fraction leg. I don't really think there's going to be many errors made against him. Poor kid. I feel bad for him. This is the point I brought up the other day when people were trying to justify the Cockrell over Adams thing. If you put the baseball in play, you have a chance. If you whiff, you do not. And Cockrell has whiffed 46% of the time he's stepped well, into a batter's I box. I'd play Elko. I, I, no, no, but, I know. I'm not going at you with this. I'm just I, I'm more in disbelief that that like it's been as bad as it's been. Okay, maybe I'll hear an argument for Elko, but man. Like... <sighs> I would like to know the last time Elko hit a ball out of the infield. <laughs> he did start a game over there in Hoover, never forget. Uh, all right. Do college baseball players get to keep their uniforms after they leave school and are sunglasses considered part of the uniform? That's from my boy Randall Woods. The first uh, part of the question is no. It's no? Okay, I didn't know how that worked. I'm pretty sure. I mean, they might make some exceptions and give seniors like a version of a jersey or not, but like those uniforms aren't like theirs. I'm pretty sure they just restitch the names. Okay. They definitely uh, don't keep those pinstripes. Those pinstripes, I mean, I don't, hell, I don't, I say that with certainty. I don't know. I just, some of those kids' pinstripes, particularly the freshmen, don't look like they fit all the time. So I was just sitting out there in the outfield one day, like, these have to be, like, reused. I don't know. <laughs> uh, are sunglasses considered part of the uniform? I don't know. Gold chain know. is. Do what? A chain is. There we go. Uh, will you attend the 11 a.m. game in Memphis? Yes, uh, that's from Tucker Stafford. I, I probably will. And what do you think of the guy who scheduled that game? Um, I, think, I, think I will be there because I will be fired if I do not attend. Um, <laughs> what do I think of the guy that scheduled the game? I think he's a fine American citizen who probably deserves some sort of medal of freedom because I will be and back home by 5 o'clock. Uh, he also wants to know if bunning is a smart play. The answer is no. Um. No, 90% of the time there's a 10% window where it probably works. Fake Matt Luke is spending the afternoon at Rooster's Happy Hour a sign that you've made it in life. Um, so I have a nuanced take on this. I don't like Rooster's. I think it's too small, but I do enjoy when it is not crowded at all on like an afternoon when no one's there sitting on that balcony. I do actually, for whatever reason, like that balcony better than Bure's balcony, and it's maybe because the sun isn't as bad, but I do enjoy sitting there at Rooster's balcony. So is that a sign you made it in life? I don't know. I'm jealous of you right now, if that counts for anything. (laughs) Yeah, I'm 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 going to second your answer there. Uh, Taylor Carr? I'm setting the line at 4.5. We've kind of already answered this. Over under the amount of impactful situations that come up this weekend where Bianco has to decide to sacrifice fun or not. Oh, 4.5? Yeah. Over, and go ahead and cash my ticket. <laughs> you taking that one to Vegas? Yes. <laughs> uh, last one is from my pastor, <laughs> Eddie Rester, uh, who my sister works for. Uh, which Brister child is the parent's favorite? That would be my sister. 
So uh, that's all of our questions. No, actually, I have one more from uh, Griffin Neal. He works at the DM, which uh, both of us did. And this is actually a fun question. Uh, let's see. With Tyree coming back, he's interested in our thoughts about him being SEC Player of the Year. And at first I was like, what? And then I kind of looked into it. I'm like, that could be – I mean, his first team all SEC this year, I think he's got a chance, right? Has a chance. I would put it more likely that he's a first-team All-SEC player. Like I think he's probably got a chance for that. But man, Player of the Year with the amount of talent this kid, this team, I mean, this league has incoming each year. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's tough. So but I'm not going to tell him he doesn't have a chance. As far as like, I would put his chances in in between not great and bad. Okay, I, I would probably put him a, a step above that. That's fine. Yeah. But that doesn't really mean the play. kid's going to have a bad year. I think he's going to be a first-team All-SEC player. As far as player of the year, I don't see it. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably go, yeah, just a step above that. I think Schuler has the uh, type jump Brian had this year as a junior. That's fair. I'd be interested to see what Schuler does scoring-wise and if they have to play him at point guard. Um, Do you think they want him off the ball? Um, I think they'd like to do him hit him to do a little of both. I don't think they would want him to be the primary point guard. That was more out of necessity last year because Brian was much better off the ball. Um, so, yes, they probably want him on the wing, but I do think there are some scenarios where Kermit would like to have him on the ball. Partic- I, yeah, on the ball particularly. I don't know what Franco Miller is. I, I don't know what that knee is. I don't know what, if any, contribution they're going to get from him. And so, in terms of a backup point guard, if you can just slide your rotation to the point where Schuler doesn't necessarily have to come out of the game and he can play some point to sustain some minutes, I think that would be immensely helpful. If he's the primary point guard, I would say, I could be completely wrong about this. I'm just projecting. I don't know what Kermit wants. I don't think he would want that. Okay. Yep, that, that's fair enough. Uh, that's all the questions I see, unless you have some more. Um. No, that's pretty much all I got. Uh. So... Who is going to Omaha? Oof. That's fun. State, uh, Vanderbilt, UCLA. I'm going to go ahead and pick those three. All right. All right. Well, let's just let's – just, UCLA is going to go as the one seed. Vandy's going to go as the two. Georgia Tech. I'll tell you who I got. I think Auburn is going to Omaha. I think they're going to win the Georgia Tech Regional, and then I think they're good enough to win the uh, – whoever comes out of Chapel Hill. So I'm just going down my list. I'm going to go UCLA, Vandy, Auburn, 4C. ECU. No, that's uh, Georgia and LSU. Oh, you're going down a list. I'm just thinking of teams. No, no, no. Yeah, Georgia's the 4C, so they're playing the 13th seed. It's probably going to be Georgia, LSU. I'm going to go Georgia. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be particularly close either. If yeah, that's Georgia's a, a lot better. Yeah. Than, uh, does so, LSU get out of its regional? Like that, they probably lucked out with Arizona State and Southern to some degree. But man, if they had got some kind of devilish two seed, did they really make it out? Like, is that a slam dunk? No, I don't. I think Arizona State is a devilish two seed. I would not if I was Ole Miss. I wouldn't trade two seeds with them. Um, and man, if you're getting like just, I don't. I'm not sure Southern Miss is going to beat Arizona State. I don't think they will per se. But man, if you get a uh, Walker Powell on a Saturday, so LSU is throwing Marceau tomorrow, so. It, oh wow! Walker Powell against Cole Henry, like That's, they could do it. Uh, yeah, they could. Especially with uh, all the left-handed bats and that LSU or that uh, USM lineup. So uh, I'm going to go Georgia there over whoever gets out of the Baton Rouge Regional. I'll skip Ole Miss, Arkansas for now. The six seed state is going to go to Omaha. Seven. Who's the seven? I'm just thinking out loud. Oh, Louisville. I'm going to ECU there. And yeah. Then eight, Oklahoma State is going to be, uh, and then Ole Miss, Arkansas would be the one that gives me balls because I just don't know. Like, let me see Ole Miss this weekend. Okay. Who is going to poop their pants and not make it out of a regional? Ooh, Georgia Tech. I kind of call it. I, mean, I kind of like Georgia Tech as well. I think possibly if A&M hits it all with a pulse, West Virginia could be in a little bit of trouble, but I like, yeah. the, the, I like, I like the Auburn better than, yeah, I like Auburn be, coming out of the Georgia Tech regional. I think. I think Texas A&M, if they hit, is a better team than West Virginia. So I don't know if that would be, you know, constitutes West Virginia crapping themselves. If A&M is actually hitting the baseball, they're a better team than West Virginia is. I say crapping themselves just because usually that's most of the time that would happen. But just like who is not making it out of their regional? Right. I, I, I like probably Auburn. I think 
West Virginia could be in a little bit of trouble. I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there's anyone else. And North Carolina's regional. And they pitch it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, another one was I was going to say too was Stanford. Like I know they're better, but like, man, Santa you Barbara. Know how hard it is. Like I'm going to take Ole Miss and Stanford simply because it's so hard to lose three home regionals in a row, and that's what those teams are trying to avoid. So I'm going to say Ole Miss and Stanford both get out. Man, if you're Ole Miss and you're trying not to lose your third regional in a row, do you want Santa Barbara as your two seed? Yeah, that's not fun. That is not fun. <laughs> I mean, that's a Tennessee Tech-esque. Like, I'm not comparing them, like, yeah. resume-wise, but the type yeah, of team that could come over and crush your dreams, like, that's that's kind of it. Yeah, that is exactly A team that believes that they can do it. Yeah, and is probably pissed off they're not hosting in Las Vegas. Uh, Yeah, I'm a little pissed off that they're not hosting and Ole Miss didn't get sent to Las Vegas. You could have spent a few days at the casino, right? Uh, yeah, that probably wouldn't end well for me. I'm not sure I'd do that. I just want to go to Vegas. Like, Vegas has become such a cliche. Like, I've never been, but, like, it's such a... Like, if you actually think about it, it's such a... Ra- like, there's nothing around it. It's such a random city. <laughs> and, well, yeah, Nevada. They just dropped everything. Yeah, they just put a gigantic city in the middle of the desert with a bunch of casinos and partying. Like, <laughs> sounds like something out of a movie. Who um, goes to that guy? What? I said, kudos to that guy. Yeah, whoever whoever founded Las Vegas, like R.I.P. presumably, but good for you. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another. St- what team that is playing on the road this weekend could go to Omaha, not Auburn, because we already answered that. Like, is there not someone Auburn. completely off the radar? Uh, let me let me try to think. Well, Santa Barbara would be my next one. Um, but I don't know if Santa Barbara could beat State. No, actually, I'm not going to go with that. Who's in Texas Tech's regional? Uh, Florida and DBU. Uh, Florida's not. No, definitely not. Um, Arizona State would be kind of my next one. I think Arizona State could pop LSU. Uh, I don't know. That's fair. I think think Arizona State hits enough they could give Georgia issues. I think Georgia wins that. But I think if I looked up in two weeks and Arizona State's playing at Omaha, I'm not shocked. Um. Ooh, what four seed is going to make things real tough or ruin a one seed tomorrow? Oh, uh, God. There's not that four seed ace this year, so it's tough. No, honestly, one of the tougher four seeds is Jacksonville State and their 89 RPI. Yeah, but I don't. I, I think you've got to have an ace to knock off one of these guys, though, right? Like, you're not. Jacksonville State's not going to score much tomorrow. I don't. I, I just really don't. And I don't know how the right-hander that throws 89 to 91 is going to shut down Ole Miss either. I just really feel like you've got to have one of these first-round aces to, to go in and beat a go in and beat a one seed. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's certainly more than fair. That so Southern, and this may just be the game of his life, but Southern had a kid that threw seven either shutout or one-run ball against LSU. He did. Is he going for? Is and he's not pitching. Ball? They're throwing some kid with like a 90 or a hey, Dad was telling uh, me. Hey, what are you doing, Southern? Yeah, so I actually didn't understand that at all. And another thing I didn't understand, State is throwing Ginn tomorrow. Yeah, I actually do understand that one. You're not going to throw small. No, but why not throw Plumlee? Because Plumlee, I think, has had a better season than Ginn. I mean, past SEC play, he's got better SEC numbers than Ginn. So I pushed back on Haydad with that, and maybe I'm wrong. I I was like, do you really think that's indicative of him saying he trusts Plumlee more than Ginn? And yeah, I guess the more I think about it, the answer to that question is yes, but I was kind of pushing back on Haydad earlier saying, are you sure that's what he's saying? And I guess that really is what he's saying. Okay, think about this. Peyton Plumlee's a senior. JT Ginn's a freshman. It, if I'm playing a game three, no matter what I've done the first two games, that game is massive. They're not losing dude, They're not losing to uh, Southern tomorrow if me and you go pitch. They're just not. So – I'm going to trust Peyton Plumley in Game Three more than I am JC Ginn. Yeah, especially when they've had. Okay, so you replace Ginn with Nikhazy. What do you mean? Like, if Nikhazy put on the maroon and white, and it was Plumley or Nikhazy, who are you pitching? Uh, Nikhazy. Okay. I mean, I, I I just trust my senior more in that third game than I would a freshman. But Nikhazy's a freshman. That's what I'm saying. I would trust my senior more. No, so who are you pitching in a game three, Plumlee or Nikhazy? Plumlee. Oh. 
I would actually probably pitch to Casey just because, like, Gins looks human with dudes on base. And that's kind of what you're seeing sometimes with Hoagland and stuff. And, like, that's maybe part of just being a freshman because you dominated so much in high school. You just didn't have a lot of guys on base. But I'd, I'd disagree with that. I'd probably, like, the best version of this Ole Miss team at times this year has been with Nikhazy on the mound. I'm probably throwing him over Plumlee. Okay. I mean, that, that's, I don't think. I get what long. you're saying with Ginn, though, because Ginn, because Nikhazy, I would trust more than Ginn. It is, it's kind of absurd as that seems to I mean, Nikhazy, frankly, outpitched Ginn the day, that day in Oxford. Look, they won the game because Ole Miss bullpen went to hell. But, uh, Ole Miss, Austin Miller's Nikhazy, worst ever outing, probably. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it could be worse. Um, yeah. I don't, did he get an out that day? I don't think so. I'm trying to pull up State's SEC stats so I can see what Ginn is. But, I, I mean, to me, Plumlee that day in Oxford, look, that's about all I've really watched. Is uh, No, I'm wrong. Uh, Plumlee has a 3.95 ERA in SEC play, and Ginn has a 3.12. Uh, I was incorrect. But I don't know. I mean, does it really matter? I, I, don't, I don't think it. No, I just think it's an interesting move. Yeah, I guess the only thing is you keep Ginn on normal rest. Like, if you move Ginn to Sunday, he would have to start again on maybe Saturday in a region. I don't know. I don't really think it matters. Ginn's going to throw eight innings. And maybe that's another thing, too, is Ginn's gone deeper in games, and that's kind of probably what you want in that first game. Is I think Ginn's going to go eight innings and give up maybe three hits and a run, and they're going to win 10-1, to one, probably more than 10-1. to one. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. I, I think the more bizarre move is hit, uh, Southern not starting the Finney kid that shoved at LSU. <laughs> like, what are you doing yeah. there? Unless he's hurt? Yeah, I mean, and he has I, it. I asked him. I asked Hayden. I was like, "Well, you, did you check when he pitched in the conference tournament?" And Hayden said he hasn't pitched since May nineteenth. Well, he would pitch tomorrow if, if Colin Brister was the coach. Maybe Let's he's hurt. Oh, uh, that's. I guess that is possible. Uh, you want some betting lines for the Oxford Regional tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I didn't know that was a. I didn't know you could bet on college baseball. Oh yeah, dude, it's America. Uh, Ole Miss is minus three ninety five to win the game. They are a three and a half run favorite. Over under eleven and a half. Clemson and Illinois are both minus one twenty, over under nine and a half. I would have no idea what to do with either one of those. To be completely <laughs> honest, no clue. I mean, obviously you're not betting like J- Jacksonville State money line, but aside from that, like I, yeah, I got nothing for you. No, I'm just kind of scrolling through. Nothing intrigues me. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville State plus two seventy five to win. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's not really good value to be honest. Yeah, it's really not. So, I, yeah, I I have no over idea. Under and a half seems high, though. I'd probably, yeah, I was thinking under that because that feels like 6-7-1 Ole Miss. Yeah, I, I was thinking 5-2, two, 6-2. Two. Um, and I think Ole Miss may have to use a bullpen arm or two tomorrow, like Miller or Gracie, but I don't think they're going to have to overextend them either. So here's another question. How does Zach Phillips, does Zach Phillips pitch this weekend and how? Uh, no, he does not pitch this weekend. I mean, if you because I think Ole Miss is going to win in three games, and Mike pretty much said his rotation is going to play the same today, didn't he? He did. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that we completely glossed over that news. That's my fault. Uh, so we had media availability today. Uh, Will Etheridge will be throwing tomorrow with. Uh, so Mike didn't ever actually say anything. I think he mentioned something with Hoagland on Sunday. But like once you say Etheridge on Friday, like they're not throwing Hoagland on Saturday. Like that's right. Yeah. And he, he said Monday on something that Hoagland was most likely going to start game three and they were debating on Nikhazy and Etheridge for game one. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it's the normal rotation. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else came around. Tyler Keenan appears to be fine. Mike said he went through batting practice. He looked okay. He was doing some work at third base. Mike said he was throwing across the diamond but not at full speed. I don't know what that means. Like maybe he's just... Yeah, not, yeah I've, I've never heard that one. I'm also not a doctor. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know that. Um, anything else? I'm trying to think. Um, oh, I asked Ryan Olenek why he got hit by the ball so much, and that actually turned. I wrote like a 400-word notebook piece on that because uh, it turned out to be pretty good stuff. And he was like, "I don't know." Uh, he's like, "I get." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, I stand out. I stand close to the place they throw inside." And he's like, "And I don't ever try to back away." He's like, "I know they have that new rule, and like I'm not trying to get hit by the ball, but like I'm just gonna clinch up and take it." Like he's like, "And if you get hit, I hope you get hit on the lower body because you can clinch up your muscles there. You can't clinch anything." I was like, "Ah." pretty sure you can like tense up your butt <laughs> like i don't really understand i didn't understand what he was getting at there but then i asked him if he got hit a lot in high school and he was like no it started here i was like okay yeah that is kind of wild i don't know 
So I thought he had to be tops in the country in HBPs, like close to it. So he's at 16. He doesn't even have the SEC lead. Some cat from Kentucky has 17. And then there's a guy from Dayton in the national lead has been hit 28 times in 59 games. Okay, that's his fault. If you're getting hit that much, it's it's your fault. Yeah, either that or you got to quit. <laughs> like, I don't know. How does that happen? You're getting hit every other game. Yeah, literally. You're getting hit once every two games. No, you, 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 it's your fault. If you're getting hit that much. I thought I was going to get some good numbers from that, and I was like, this notebook item is going to kick ass because, like, like Olenek is going to be top five in the country, best in the SEC. He's tied for 45th nationally. Now, career's probably a little different. He's hit, been hit 39 times in his career. And then the most Ryan Olenek thing ever, Olenek knew exactly how many times he's been hit. He goes, I was at 39. Am I at 40 yet? I was like, I don't think so, man. You will be after this weekend. Don't worry. Yeah, he did, well, there's there's better odds than not that he will be hit by the baseball this weekend. But he was like, yeah, it's good for the on-base percentage. Uh, it helps the team. Like, It hasn't really ever hurt me except for that one time I got hit in the hip. Like, Yeah, fair enough, man. All right, all right. So we both got Ole Miss winning tomorrow night or Friday night, right? Yeah. Okay, who do they play on Saturday? Um, They play Clemson because neither one of those teams is throwing their aces and Clemson's offense is probably a little better, so I think they play Clemson. Okay, they, you got them beating Clemson or no? I think so, just because I'm not betting against, like, like from what I've watched this year, honestly, I'd be more inclined to bet against Ole Miss or t- tell you they're not going to win if Etheridge are pitching. That's not really a knock on Etheridge. They've just been a better version of this team. Like, it's been the best it's been its best version of itself, and I've said this a hundred times with Nikhazy pitching. And so I have trouble yeah. betting against that kid and betting against that. that that's true. My only worry, my, I, I tell you, I, I did mention this earlier when I said we were uh, to Ole Miss rather play. Clemson's uh, splits against left-handed or right-handed pitching are something. Clemson has like a 900 OPS against lefties and a like 780 against righties. That worries me a little bit if I'm on this, but I, I don't really think. I think Nikhazy's going to shove on Saturday. Who's Ole Miss beat on Sunday, then, if you've got them winning in three games? Um, Illinois, because they have more pitching depth? That's, that's exactly how I think it goes. I, I think it goes uh, Jacksonville State, Clemson, Illinois, at, or Illinois, and then Ole Miss goes to Fayetteville next weekend. No, don't back off the hard ass now. We've gone all week with it. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I think it goes that way, too. But does it completely stun me if Hoagland throws a stinker and they need Phillips in long relief or it goes to a Monday? Like, that's really going to be the predicament this club gets no, in. No, you can't do that. If you're 2-0, and you, you have to hold uh, Phillips at that point, right? Yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to hold him out for Monday. Unless it's like a situation where, like, Mike, and I don't know why he'd do this. It would depend on the bullpen situation that boy. But I could see Ole Miss getting, like, down 2-0 in the first. Hoagland's walked a bunch of dudes and just doesn't have it. And he goes to Phillips to play, play like damage control. Although Phillips is bad with runners on base, I don't think there's a scenario you're doing it. I'm trying to paint a scenario where that would make sense, and I'm having trouble. But I mean, barring like an injury, like if he comes out in the yeah. first inning or something with like an oblique or something, like I hope I didn't just jinx the kid. But you get what I mean. Like if he has to exit prematurely with an injury, then you probably can go Phillips. But outside of that, I have trouble finding a scenario that makes sense where it makes sense, unless they just gas their bullpen in the first couple games, which I couldn't see how that would happen either if they're playing a third game. I mean, yeah, I guess no, one I, could go like really high in extras. I don't know. I just have trouble seeing that's, that. That's the only way I see Zach Phillips playing in before the fourth game of this weekend is, is if they play a 15 or 16 inning game. Other than that, I, I don't see a way that he gets the baseball. Because you got to be smart, man. If you're up 2-0, you've got two chances. Why, why would you risk everything for one chance, you know? Yeah, and I said this back in February, and you said it too. I, I say like we both probably mentioned this a hundred times that when we first started this podcast, when Phillips was struggling as the Saturday guy, like they needed him to be good and to find himself like he has over the last six weeks because they needed him for situations like this. And like I don't want to like I hate to call him an insurance policy, but that that's what he kind of is. Like if you get yeah. to a fourth game and things go bad, you have that guy. Because if he were still struggling and really just were unusable, they'd be in a hell of a spot. Like you're having to hold Roth out of the bullpen to start him in that, which Mike Bianco actually didn't rule out he he would do in place of Phillips. I don't think he'd actually end up doing that. But like this, like if you don't have Phil, like you get into a region and this gets to a game four, and Phillips has continued to be like if Phillips hadn't found it like he has, they're probably in a little bit of deep deep shit. Yeah, yeah, they are absolutely in a world of trouble if. If Phillips hadn't found it, because there was no consistency on the midweek before him. I don't think he's gotten enough credit for that. Because his Probably first not. month was bad. 
like really, really, really bad, and you're like, how does this kid fit anywhere? And then he's really just kind of we worked through some mechanical stuff, and he's really been a solid starting pitcher for the last six to seven weeks. Like six, it's really been about six, seven starts, and I think yeah. that's going to be important at some point this year because I like I felt bad for the kid. He always gets the shaft. Like the, for whatever reason, he doesn't get defensive help. And then, like, the most quintessential Zach Phillips outing ever was him losing that that second game of the tournament against Arkansas where he pitched well, had an unearned run, got left in one batter too long, Mike made the wrong pitch call, and then he leaves with a loss when he pitched well. Like, that like that summer summarizes that kid's year, unfortunately, in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, just extremely unlucky. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I kind of echo everything you say on that. Yeah, like, he did – like, I, like – to me, if this team gets past a regional, there's going to be some kind of scenario, whether it's in a super where he goes long relief and helps them, or something to where like you're going to be like, man, I'm glad they have Zach Phillips. If you're an Ole Miss fan, and like I don't think any Ole Miss fan would have envisioned saying that in February or even March, but I think if this team actually does get out of this regional and they they play further along, and it may happen in this regional, there's going to be a moment in this postseason where you're kind of like, I'm glad Zach Phillips is is on the team. Because yeah. I just think they're going to need him at some point. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't think his uh, last two months of, of being a really good starter is, is going unnoticed, and I think at some point that has to play in during the postseason. I mean, you just, you, you're going to need everybody to, if Ole Miss wants to get to the College World Series, you're going to need everybody, and I think he's going to probably be at some point, like you said, a, a vital point whether, or a, a, in a vital position, whether it's a starter in a long release situation at some point. And it's a kid that's never like I wanted to do something on him this week, but that I just today's availability was too late, and we didn't get him the other day. But like it, it he's interesting to me because that's a kid that had never pitched at the G- Division One level. Immediately goes to the Saturday job, and I, I don't mean to pile on the kid, but failed miserably at it. And then has kind of reinvented himself. Like how, like if I'm like I'm not an athlete for a number of reasons, but like having that much failure and your confidence not being shot and being to be able to reinvent yourself within the confines of that season is kind of impressive to me. Yeah, you don't see that much. Usually, uh, usually a guy struggles like that and, and they're kind of done. They're and he's like the done. dugout guy too. If you haven't yeah. noticed, that yeah. was kind of surprising to me last. Like I've seen in Hoover, he's like their dugout guy too. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy like walking around with like sticks in there and stuff, and I like to cater a backpack. Yeah, uh, he was he was certainly one of the ones keeping the uh, dugout loose last week. So yeah, that's our five and a half minute take on Zach Phillips. Um, so that's that's hopefully his dad listens. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, um, you got anything else? That's about all I got. I I I like at, at times covering college baseball can be a drag. I like baseball. I like the sport like ninety percent of the time. When I'm sitting up there in a you know uh, midweek game against Pine Bluff at nine forty-five at night in the fourth inning, I kind of want to jump off the side of the thing. But I enjoy covering baseball. This is a fun time of the year because you can yep. watch meaningful games, high leverage situations, pretty much any time you flip on your television. I'm excited about it, so I'm, I'm kind of pumped to get going tomorrow. Yeah. Uh- Next time we record, it's gonna be we're gonna have one heck of a narrative decided because either Ole Miss is going to have won a regional or they're going to be playing for one on Monday night. Yeah, that's a or fair point. And as as is with most regionals, like the whatever the storyline is coming out of this, it's not going to be boring. <laughs> that's that's kind of this team. Whatever happens, it won't be boring. Yeah, that it really is a good point because with this team, and I, I think I said this about a month ago when I was kind of questioning, is this really this team's last gasp? Like, are they going to go down like this? Like. Either way, this team was either going to like kind of rectify all of the things that you know Bianco gets knocked for, and justifiably or unjustifiably, or they were going to flame out in a big way. So, like you just said, either way, the result was going to be fascinating. Yep. Because sometimes teams just lose. Like that 16 team that overachieved yeah. and they lost in the regional. You're like, damn, they shouldn't have lost the regional. Probably like that just kind of sucks for them. But the- but it's not like it's not like you do you know spend the next three weeks like re-examining how did that happen to this group whereas this team like either way it was going to be some kind of like very significant phenomenon all right i did a hypothetical one before we get out of here you're old miss you're playing in omaha i don't know for the national championship and you have doug nikhazy and will etheridge available who are you sending on the mound if you're playing uh probably nikhazy nikhazy yeah okay I, I, it's just kind of been a, a, a discussion as to who's actually the ace on this team right now. Um, 
See, but things change when guys move from that perceived ace, and I know it shouldn't make a difference, but, like, Christian Trent thrived in the Saturday role and was good the next year, but was not the same. Right. So and, there's and probably what, something to that, too. Like, because, like, if you had pitched Nikhazy on Friday and Etheridge on Saturday, there's a good chance you're saying all the same things you're saying about Nikhazy about Etheridge. That's what I was just about to get to. There has been six instances this year where Will Etheridge has gotten two runs or less of run support, so obviously Ole Miss is going to lose most of those games. And the narrative around Will Etheridge that's not fair is that he's not been this great Friday night guy when he kind of really has. He's been pretty good on Friday nights for Ole Miss. They've just not helped him at all. I mean, they scored two runs in his last three appearances. Literally, they got shut out against State. They got shut out against Tennessee. They scored two against Missouri. I mean, the, the poor kids had no run support this year. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. So that's about uh, – that's really about all I got. Uh, I guess next time we we do this podcast, uh, something significant will have happened. Yeah. The message boards will be happy or sad, one or the other. Maybe we should start doing that as a segment. I might start because uh, I got a, 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 a comp account thanks to my buddy Chase to kind of peruse the uh, Rebel Grove message boards. We might need to turn that into a segment and just read people's message boards, like the saddest posts. Like, <laughs> the saddest posts. Like, you just, bring, just find one where you're like, that guy should probably be checked on. We can, I tell you what, even if Ole Miss doesn't win, or even if Ole Miss doesn't lose, like it's, it's okay, they get out of the regional. I bet Clemson's got some message boards that are pissed off. We could probably find something on there next week, too. Yeah, I think we should turn that into a segment, because like, that'd be like fair game. Like We're not like taking content from either one of those sites. You're just taking their angry fan posts. Like, I think that could yeah. that would be, yeah, we're going to start doing that. And if Chase and ben, or ben wants us to stop, we'll stop. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I might actually run that by them this week. He's like, can I just find the saddest people on your message board and, and give them an award each week. They might be on board with that. Oh, God. Yeah, because, I mean, they're not paying our salaries, so it's fine. Yeah, so, I don't know. We'll be back at it on Monday, perhaps, with a new content idea, and we'll definitely be back with a new storyline. So, for Love Colin you. Brister, I am Brian Scott Rippey. We appreciate you listening to this Friday edition of the Rebel Report, and we'll be back at it on Monday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.